Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. I am very excited to share this episode with all of you. Arielle and I had this conversation a few weeks back, and she is really, really an incredible human being, coaching the LGBTQ community and helping people with self-love and sexuality, which I think is so, so, so big and important in today's time and space. And I just know that all of you are going to really love this. So enjoy the episode. And before we tune in, I have a little little tip for you guys around business and podcast. Well, Ariel, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have this conversation and that the universe brought us together in such a magical way, truly. Um, why don't you share a little bit about yourself with the listeners, who you are, where you got to where you are today, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm so honored to be here. Shelby, thank you so much for having me. We did really meet in such a serendipitous way over the internet, <laughs> which was so cool, and I feel so grateful. Um, I am a self-love and sexuality coach, and I am master certified and a master practitioner in NLP, EFT, hypnotherapy, time techniques, and Reiki. So I use all of these really powerful and transformational modalities in my coaching. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically been only almost a year since I started my business online. And before that, I was kind of more in the exploratory mode and I was just getting trained and certified um, in different techniques and really just finding my way and what I wanted to do in this online coaching world. So I'm really excited about where I'm at now. And I, again, feel so grateful to be here and so grateful that I get to share this with your audience. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I started my business just over a year ago too. So that's fascinating. All the synchronicity. Um, One thing I really want to chat with you today is a little bit more about your niche with working with the LGBTQ community. And this is something that we were sharing before the podcast episode that is really new to me being part of this community, but still not really have any boxes or labels myself. And so I want to have a conversation because I know myself a year ago had really no awareness of what happens when we make this transition from being by you know societal standards normal to coming out and really sharing who we truly are on a soul level with the world and i want i would love to hear a little bit about what your experience has been so that 
you know, I know myself a year ago, not having any experience in this world would have loved to know, like, really, what is, what is that like? How do, like, how do you transition? How do you navigate this? Like, what did, what did that really look like for you? Yeah. So I guess, you know, everybody's journeys are so unique. And I find that more and more every day with each person that I speak to. Um, but I'm super passionate about helping the LGBTQ community because it was such a part of my journey and continues to be. Um, so a little bit about my story. Um, I People often ask me, did you know you were gay when you were a kid? And I was like, no, I had no idea I was gay. Like I was dating boys in middle school. I had you know, I was like, I had boy crushes left and right. Um, but now in hindsight, I can look back and be like, Ooh, okay. That made sense. Like that time I thought that like that lady on TV was really pretty. So I can kind of trace it back and hindsight is definitely 2020 in that sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think my journey was confusing because I was in, some secret relationships um, in the beginning where they were definitely not healthy. They were very um, abusive and toxic. And I was really struggling with depression and anxiety at the time. So I didn't know who I was at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had zero confidence. I was really struggling. And, um, you know, like stuff with my family and life and school. And it just felt like the pressure of everything on top of already trying to figure out my sexuality. I mean, it was a whole lot to handle. So in college, I was kind of navigating this. Um, I was in this toxic relationship, trying to get out of it. Nobody knew that I was gay. Um, And even though I had dated this person for quite a long time, it was at least like a three-year relationship, um, I still was like, no, I am straight. I am straight. It's just her. I'm not gay. And it really tripped me up because in college, I would really try to find love by dating boys and obviously very casually dating guys. And that just never fulfilled me in any way. And it left me feeling even more low and even more confused and anxious about the whole situation. Um, so it wasn't until I went to this retreat called the Hoffman process in 20, uh, I don't know. I was a junior in college. I was a junior in college and I went to this retreat called the Hoffman process. And that's where I really learned who I was. I mean, I finally discovered the power of self love and self compassion and self forgiveness and forgiveness and compassion for others as well. And it transformed my life. So I went into this retreat, even though all they advertise it as is when you're ready for change, like this is the place to come. Mm. Um, And they, they advertise it as being somewhere that will change your life. But I was like, I hope I come here and I, I come out straight. I like saw it as conversion therapy for me. I was mm-hmm. like, hopefully I'll find myself. I'll find the straight version of myself and I will never have to worry about being gay again. And instead <laughs> I left there and I was like, wow, I finally accepted that I maybe wasn't straight. I didn't have a label for it. I didn't have a name. 
but I finally came to a place of peace. Like this is what I am. I love all human beings and that's a beautiful thing. And I should like love myself for that instead of, you know, hate myself for that and keep making myself feel even more awful than I already did. So I left this retreat feeling incredibly transformed in so many ways, but that really jump started my whole journey with wanting to help people transform. And so at the time I thought it was, oh, I just want to be a coach or I want to help people in some way. I didn't really know how. Um, but each time I went back to that retreat center, I got more clear on what my purpose was and why I was here on this earth this time. And I, I was like, my journey has been so difficult and treacherous so far as being, you know, a closeted LGBT person and in a very abusive and toxic relationship. And I want to change that. So other people don't need to go through what I did. Um, and that's kind of why I'm here doing what I'm doing. Um, after that, I just... I came out to people slowly, my friends and then my family, and um, then just this last year over social media, and that's like when my whole business began. Wow, wow. There's like so much I just want to dive into from that, but especially the part on like, because I think there's a lot of, I grew up really religious, so let's just like back up and like share a little bit of my story too, so that like I think a lot of listeners already know this, but so you're caught up too and like, I grew up really religious and a lot of that, where I was from, it was bad or wrong to love someone of the same sex, right? Or to be in relationship or to be a sexual partnership. And so a lot of the programming out there, and I don't, I don't even think it's something that like, it's like we want on a conscious level, I'm, I was loving and accepting of gay relationships. Like it was like, of course that's not a big deal like of course I love so there was like that part of me that I always knew but there's like this deep rooted shame and toxicity that lives within us all whether or not we really want to admit it's there right because it was something that I even witnessed like I would have lesbian friends and for some reason it would make me uncomfortable I would just be like like I love and accept you I'm like so cool with what you do but there's like this deep scary dark part of me that's actually really uncomfortable with this and actually mm -hmm. thinks there's something wrong with it like even though my soul and my higher self is aware that there's nothing wrong with it and so it's interesting because so many of us are like living in this duality where they like both exist within us it's like we we know that on a soul level this is who we came here to be on a soul level that like God made us exactly how he intended us to be, like whether that is in a partnership with two women, two men, boy, girl, it doesn't fucking matter. Like God made you and he made your divine counterpart for that purpose. But the toxicity still lives within us. And so I think a lot of us are walking around feeling this way of like, I love this human being or I, I, I just, I'm so attracted to women. I'm so attracted to men, whatever that may be. But there's like this deeper rooted part of us. that's like, why does this not feel okay? Why is it? Why is there still shame there? So I'm wondering yeah. how, to, like what happened at that retreat where you were able to like see that part of you and say like, this is actually okay for me to just love all, all of me, all that exists in me. Yeah, you bring up so many amazing points. I know the two of us could stay on here for like 10 <laughs> hours and just like 
talk about all this. Um, but Literally. I'm like, okay, which part am I going to go off of here? So we internalize homophobia. Mm. I struggled with that so much. Exactly what you were saying. I'd see these people around me and something bothered me about it. And it was because of this deeply rooted shame. Um, and my family wasn't, um, like super religious or anything, but I do come from like a traditional Italian family in Boston. And so there was like a lot of jokes made about, Mm -hmm. you know, the LGBTQ community and it definitely like got into my subconscious and made me feel like part of who I am is not okay. Or if I ever am that, it's not okay. Or how will they see me? How will they take this? Um, and yeah, so basically at that retreat, I didn't realize I was working on the internalized homophobia, but they did so in such a beautiful way of getting you to recognize all the different parts of yourself. So your intellectual self, your body, your spiritual self, and your emotional self and bringing them all together so that they are all working in harmony. And Through doing this, I healed a lot of my inner child that was really wounded. I mean, she was hurting in so many ways from so many years of internalized, whatever, homophobia or shame or call it trauma from different experiences in my life. And I had just kept suppressing this and pushing it further and further down until it was like literally wreaking havoc in my body, physically, emotionally, and all the ways. Um, and so at this retreat, I just did so much deep inner child work where I was like, I can't believe like that I haven't been giving this part of me and my entire self, the love that she so deeply deserves. Like I would never treat another little child this way. Like my, my emotional child or my, I came into this world only wanting love and acceptance. And now like, I'm just perpetuating this and making it so much harder for myself by not by choosing to not love and accept who I am so I left there just being like I am my own best friend like I need to love me and support me fully and if I'm going to be a light worker in this world if I'm going to be doing this work for other people like I need to be constantly healing all of these parts of myself so yeah Mm, yeah yeah, I feel that too. It's so interesting. Like we were talking a little bit before the call, but like when I went to go tell my parents, it was like, I had accepted it. Like there was levels of it that I had been peeling back of like, I'm in love with a woman. Yeah. We love dogs. <laughs> we love dogs and dogs. <laughs> They're like literally crazy today, but it's fine. Quiet all morning. My listeners are also used to this. So it's just, they get it. They love, they love my sage. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I had accepted it with my, in myself, but there was that little girl inside of me that like had flashbacks of my dad walking down the street and not him saying anything, but feeling his discomfort around two men holding hands or like walking mm-hmm. somewhere and being like, you know, hearing the jokes. Right. And so it wasn't even that like, yeah, my adult version was fully accepting of myself, but there was that little girl inside of me that was having these flashbacks of like, if I am this, then I will no longer be loved and accepted by my family, by my friends, by people who had felt that discomfort 
when that wasn't really the ultimate truth, right? Like they were loving and supportive and accepting, but there's that little girl inside of us that's really, really afraid to actually do who, be who we came here to be. And this is like, that really applies to all areas of our lives, right? It's not just like love and who you love. It's, it's all areas of our lives. There's this little girl inside of us who's really hurting and afraid to actually be who she is because of all the programming that she picked uh-huh. up along the way. Oh, it's powerful yeah. work. It is. It's such powerful work. And I mean, the whole point of this retreat that I went to is all about peeling back these patterns so that we can get back to our authentic self. So it's like, what is this conditioning that we've been experiencing since childhood? And it's not our parents' fault. It's not their parents' fault. Everyone is just, you know, doing the best that they can at any given moment. And a lot of this conditioning, though, is a result of trauma. So people are acting out of their wounds and their trauma and then treating their children that way. And they're typically unconscious of it. You know, they're not aware of what they're actually doing and how this is hurting us. But yeah, so I I basically just did while I was there. And what I continue to do today is just a lot of work around how can I peel back these patterns every week, every day in order to get back to my truth, get back to my authentic self and be who I really am here to be. So yeah, I, oh, I love this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Um, okay. I want to jump over to, cause you say you work a lot with like sexuality and yeah. I am super curious. Like when you are working with your clients, what are some of the things that they're really confronted with when it comes to maybe just exploring like what do I really like who am I when it comes to my sexuality what are some big things that you see show up for clients or maybe yourself yeah so something an interesting topic that I've been exploring a lot with uh lately is the concept of labels so I think that labels can either be really destructive um you know emotionally for someone who's in a very vulnerable place um in their coming out journey Mm -hmm. or for other people they can be super helpful so i've had so many amazing conversations with people where they tell me about their experience with labels and you see literally such a wide spectrum of responses and opinions on this topic Mm -hmm. so I guess um, with my own experience, like labels definitely were very destructive in the beginning to me. Like they confused me a lot. I didn't want to identify with one. I was like, why should I be, have to squeeze into this box in order to please everyone around me? Mm. Um, And I was like, straight people don't need to come out. So why do I need to come out? Um, And so I think that for a while they really confused me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then over time I realized that I was avoiding labeling myself so much so that I was not living my truth. So Mm -hmm. it prevented me from coming out. It pushed back like my whole experience with coming out because I was so scared of picking a label and having to stick to that for the rest of my life. And I didn't want to put myself in that box. But then on the other side, I wasn't speaking my truth and I wasn't saying, I wasn't declaring who I was to the world and I wasn't living my truth. I wasn't living authentically. I was still so closeted. So I think that labels were destructive to a point 
And then at, at one point or another, things kind of shifted and I was like, ooh, okay, well, maybe I can just say that I'm fluid and that for me, it's about falling in love with the soul, not, you know, falling in love with some type of a human mm-hmm. um, and then being put in that box. And that really, oh, that was really helpful. That's how I did come out. I came out as fluid and then I came out as bi and now I say that I'm gay, but I'm like, could this change next week? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I'm just a, like a spiritual being having a human experience and trying to make sense of it all. And like, that's cool. And I, I just tell people that reach out to me, like, especially the younger ones who are closeted, do what you feel and explore your feelings, feel everything fully and embrace it. Like, it's so beautiful to fall in love. And it's so beautiful to like, really start getting to know who you are and what you like. And don't let the fear of what society will think take you out of that beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I feel like I'm rambling on about this. No, but. I love that you brought up labels because I like I posted something about this the other week too. Where it was like I don't actually fucking know. Like maybe right now yeah. I don't identify as anything. Like you were saying, like the beginning of your journey, it was like yeah, I don't really feel like. In one way or the other, I just feel like there's this human being and I fucking love her soul more than anything I've ever loved. Like, I don't, like, I can't explain this type of love. And I, I like, you could put a label in a box on it. It probably wouldn't matter. And there may be a point in my journey where I'm like, no, I really dig chicks. Like, that's just where I'm at. Like, I love women. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. But like you said, it's not, not judging it. Not like, mm-hmm. we get enough, like... We are our own, and this again applies to more than just the the sexuality piece, but it's like we are our biggest critics and we are the ones who really truly beat ourselves up the most. And so it's like, I don't need to judge where I'm at right now. I don't need to try and figure it out and put all the pieces together. It's like, no, let me just do what my heart and my soul really truly feels is right. And that may be different than what my parents think is right. That may be different than what society thinks is right. But this is what feels so fucking good for me. And I can't not do that. And what I find is when I show up in the world of like, this just feels fucking good. And I like, I don't even care anymore about anything else other than like, what is right for me? Like I said, it was all in my head that my parents are going to completely reject me and not love me or like, Oh yeah. Isn't it crazy how we do that? Yeah. Like, stories we come up with, like, Ooh. oh my gosh. It's so terrible to think back on what my younger self thought. It was like, worst case scenario, they're going to hate me. They're going to never need to come home again. They're probably just going to be like, never give us our, their blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so it's so terrifying and it's so sad to think that that's what's stopping so many people from living their truth today and doing what truly makes them happy. Mm-hmm. And it's like when I kind of viewed it from a spiritual lens and like, okay, so we're all on this planet earth floating in this giant galaxy in this gigantic universe. And here I am not being who I'm meant to be today because I'm worried about what other people will think when like, I'm here for a reason. I'm on this planet for a reason at at this time. And like, why aren't I doing that? Why am I making myself so sick? And I just like loved myself too much to keep making myself so sick. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like again, mentally, emotionally, physically, in yes. all the ways. I mean, it was manifesting physically for me in so many ways. I believe I mean, that. Is that the same for you? Or well, yes. So I, it wasn't really like the sexuality thing, but I was like so physically ill before I started doing the work I do today. Like I had brain fog. I, my speech was slur- slurring every time I left work. Like it was like really bad when I wasn't doing the work I came here to do in the world. My health was shit. And then mm. what's really interesting is that that first night that Jamie and I really connected and I was like, I like told her, I'm like, I'm like really attracted to you. Like, I really think I have feelings for you. Like it was that first night and the first night we kissed and then we kissed and I was like, I'm going to go throw up. I had all of it. All of a sudden there was all this stuff that was like coming up to the surface, all these emotions, all that, like, you know, that like the ancestral wounding and trauma of like homophobia, like all of it came up to the surface. I, it was mm-hmm fascinating. I was like, Oh my God, I've been rejecting a part of myself and I didn't even fucking know it. Like it was all there. And I was like, Oh, it's cause I had a drink. I have heartburn. And I was like, no, no, this is not heartburn. <laughs> this is like all the shit I've been shoving down for weeks, not telling her that I like have feelings for her. So it was, it did. It's a physical. Yeah. And we're not like expressing our soul's true desire. 100%. It's so true. I mean, I was, um, I've always struggled with really bad IBS, but when this all was happening, like it was so debilitating. And um, also like every healer that I went to kept telling me like, your throat chakra is blocked. You're sh- like, your throat chakra is blocked. What are you not saying that you need to say? And I'd be like, I don't know. And I'd be like, shit, like why did I have to say that? And then um, I realized I had tonsillitis my sophomore year of college. I had tonsillitis like 10 times in a year and I had to get my tonsils out. And then there were horrible complications with my surgery, but it was like what every healer had been telling me that like something is so off with my throat chakra and my Mm. tongue twister here. But, um, (laughs) yeah, and it just that feeling like every time you're about to come out or like speak your truth, it all comes to the surface and it's like, I'm either going to throw up everywhere or I'm going to shit my pants or something's going to happen because like, I can't, this just needs to come up. So it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a spiritual experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I want to rewind to the this. Purge. Just, yeah. The purge for real, like all levels. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I want to rewind though. And you said something about, um, shit, is it going to come and go? Sometimes this happens. It's like the thoughts, I call them the squirrel brain when it's like they float right through and then they're gone. (laughs) Oh my God. It was so good. It'll come back to me. Um, I swear. Oh, 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 I got it. Okay. So it was talking about like, you're not actually expressing like who you are as a spiritual being, like who you are on a soul level and like the physical manifestations. But I have this thought too. It's like, especially for people like myself who grew up in a really religious household, there are a lot of distortions that are still floating around. And I just like think this is actually who the divine the universe, God, he created me in this world. Mm-hmm. This is a part of my destiny. So I'm, for the listeners who are struggling with this piece, the religious component or the, like the shame and the Christianity and like all the things that I grew up in and I fully understand and I fully like comprehend where the confusion is, but it's, 
and you don't think in 2,000 years, 3,000 years, whatever it's been since the Bible got put on this earth, that one, it's not a literal text, right? Like we're not reading verb for verb, but, and God, I can't believe I'm going down the religious pathway, but this has been something that's been floating in my aura a lot lately. So I think it needs to be said, but it's actually rejecting the fact, well, the divine is fluid and he's ever changing. He's an omnipresent being. So of course things are going to shift in 2000 years of like what he sees happening on this planet and what needs to shift and happen and to respond to that. And I think there's a lot, lots of reasons why that he's putting more and more people to come out of like out of the closet and be who they truly are meant to be in this world to awaken society. But the other piece of this is like you rejecting that part of you that is who you came here to be on a core soul level is actually rejecting who the divine made you to be. Like, like, you're not only rejecting yourself, but you're also rejecting the divine in not being who he created you to be. And that's what this journey, this spiritual journey is all about, is peeling back the layers of all that is not truth, all that is not love, all that is fear, all that is anger, all that is shame and resentment and judgment. We're peeling all that back to get to the core of who we are, and that is love. And so we have to realize, like, I just can't understand as a spiritual being, like, where the distortions are really coming from that this is something that we should be afraid of or ashamed of or not accept ourselves for it's 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 a massive distortion in society and it's one that lives in most of us because of these ancestral wounds and these these you know distortions that we carry on and we carry down the patterning and the programming that we don't even realize lives within us but the moment we ourselves start to realize that we may be a little different comes bubbling up to the surface so I just wanted to backtrack and like for anyone listening who's struggling with that piece of like well how does this fit into the religious sector how do how do how do I justify it's like you have to realize that God is ever changing and omnipresent and Often yeah. his word is not literal. We have to take it. How is it true? How does truth resonate and feel in our being, which we're not taught? Absolutely. I love that. I love everything you just said. And I so resonate with that. And I think that what I personally believe is that we are all of the light. We're all from source, from God, whatever you believe in, exactly what you were saying. And we can't continue to deny the way that they made us or the way we were made or the way we came into this universe. And I used to spend so many nights, so many hours, literally praying the gay away. Like Mm. I would lay in bed and just be like, God, please, please, please. Why me? Like, why me? Like, look at me. And I'd look in the mirror and especially at the time, like I dressed even more feminine than I already do. But I was like, what, like, what, there's no way I could be gay because also the representations of gay people that I saw around me, I just couldn't connect with or relate to the gays that I saw in the, the gays, the, the LGBT people that I saw in the media. I was like, that's not me. I can't, mm-hmm. I don't really relate to those role models. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have my own role model to look up to, but yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. And I resonate with that. And I wish I could just tell my younger self, like, stop praying the gay away. Yeah. Like, embrace who you are. You will be so loved and accepted for who you are. And even if that's not through your blood family, like, the LGBTQ community is so huge and 
so loving and supportive. And I've found some amazing people like you online who have embraced me and like don't even fully know me yet. <laughs> and it's like, there are people out there for you that are going to love you for you. Mm -hmm. So the, the, I think that we come here with a gift and the gift is our authentic self and mm -hmm. to deny that gift to ourself in the world is like such a crime and it's time that we start fully embracing who we are because we have so much light and love to give. Yes. Uh, full chills. And it's like, we cannot give the light. <clears throat> we cannot give the love to other people if we're not first giving it to ourselves. So that's where the real true healing begins is like fully, mm -hmm. deeply, completely loving and accepting ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I always say to my clients or like the people that reach out to me, especially the really young kids who are closeted um, and are really in a dark place, I tell them, I used to think that this was, I mean, like, as I said, when I'd pray the gay away, I was like, how could this be happening to me? This is the worst thing in the world. Like, I never asked for this. I don't want it. And I never thought that I'd get out of the darkness and I truly wanted to die. I just didn't know how to live with everything that was going on in my life and this on top of it. And now I'm like, wow, like me being LGBT is like the biggest gift. And I now see it as my superpower. And what I once thought was like the most dark, scary thing about me is now like the most light, happy special thing about me and I've used it to help so many people. So if you're listening to this and you're in that really dark place, you're in the closet and you're not sure what to do, where to turn to next, just know that one day this will be your superpower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's always how it freaking is. The stuff what we're like, think we're weird for or ashamed of, or aren't quite sure about always ends up being like, what truly is our gift? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and you know, it's like no mud, no lotus, right? So <laughs> sometimes we have to like dig through the mud to get there and to see the light, but there's so much light beyond the darkness. And I mean, I talk about this in a lot of my own sexuality group coaching programs and one-on-one -on -one coaching programs, but it's like, we have to kind of, we have to go there. We have to peel back the layers constantly. We have to do the work daily. And, you know, we can't just like, I believe in my own journey, we can't just like come to the light without going down and peeling back the layers of our trauma and, um, you know, doing the shadow work, doing the hard work to get there. But it's such important and valuable work. And there is, again, there is so much light beyond it. Mm. A million percent. Yes, 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 yes. And it's true. It's like uh, reiterating what you said. It's like so much of the spiritual community and this is kind of getting off topic, but it's like rainbows and butterflies and spiritual bypassing. And it's like, no, that's not where we we're able to hold more light. You got to get rid of that trauma that's inside of you. You have to get rid of the shame. You have to get rid of the shit the darkness that lives within all of us, right? We're all human beings and we've all had programming we picked up along the way, but we have to dig down and peel that shit out so we can actually hold more light. And so 
recently enough, so many people have been coming to me of like, well, I, I, I can't feel my negative feelings or I'm going to attract more of it. I'm like, who is teaching this shit? (laughs) It's so bad. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. I mean, to not feel it is to continue suppressing it and that gets stored in our energetic field, right? So like we need to keep clearing this out and expressing it and going to the root and doing work around it so that exactly what you just said, so that there's more room for the light. Um, and, oh gosh, yeah. To numb out and to not feel our feelings is like one of the most dangerous things that we can do. And in the moment it might feel good, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I'm just gonna drink this bottle of wine and watch Netflix instead of like, you know, going there and, and really identifying what's going on. But then it's going to come creeping back up even more powerfully than it would have in the first place. So I mean, that's what happened to me, suppressing all of this shit for so many years, all of a sudden came bubbling up and I didn't know how to look at it or control it or, so yeah, deal with it, deal with things when things come up. Um. Yes. <laughs> or like, you know, deal with the consequences like I did, like massive yes. brain fog, couldn't remember yeah. like things more than two seconds. So yeah. Right. And also going there doesn't have to be extremely heavy. I mean, there are ways to go there and transform this stuff without like totally associating into that traumatic state. And we talk about this a lot in NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And it's one of the modalities I'm trained in. And we're actually able to look at our trauma, but from almost like a different perspective. And we can go in and transform the trauma in our subconscious and the way we're processing it without fully going there and associating with it and, you know, reliving it all again. So that's what's super cool about this work. Hmm. Amazing. Yes. yes. Uh, Well, is there any last words of wisdom you have for any of the listeners out there? Anything that you just are really feeling called to share in the moment? Hmm. Oh, I would just say like, you are all so loved and seen. And if you're struggling with this, just try to love yourself through it. And that you, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) we might need to, (laughs) um, But I think that the most beautiful gift that you can give yourself and give the world is to be your authentic self and to love the, you know, real, the most real true version of you. And by not being that, you're denying the world of such beauty. So try to love yourself through some of the obstacles and know that there's so much light on the other side and it truly does only get easier And if you're looking for more support with self-love, sexuality, LGBTQ, I'm your girl and I would love to support you. So amazing. Where can they find you? Yes. Where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Ariel D'Angelo, um, at A-R-I-E-L-L-E-D-A-N-G-E-L-O. Um, and Instagram is like the main platform that I typically post on, but I also have recently really, um, have dove into the TikTok scene. So 
my username is the same on TikTok. Um, I've been loving it. <laughs> and I've been able to connect with so many LGBTQ people who, you know, are seeking more support, which has been so amazing just from that platform alone. Amazing. Um, I've heard such fun things about TikTok. So we'll link all that in the show notes for you listeners. Yeah. Um, so that you can find her, check her out on TikTok, connect with her, <laughs> be in her good energy, good vibes. And thanks again for being here. That's an incredible conversation. I'm so excited to share it with the listeners. Thank you so much, Shelby. I so appreciate it. And I feel so grateful that I'm able to talk to your audience about this and so grateful that I met you.